think we've started to adapt to working in a completely different environment now. I think the, the COVID situation made us all do that like because we were forced to be separated segregated working in different places so i think it's just a continuation of that really what sort of covid actually did you a favor in some ways how did you do that because the business kept going and yeah, it, it went did. well yeah, and it flourished yeah, it's moving and because like wow when i walked in here today i'm like where did all these people come from it was, it was literally so funny it was like i walked in the other day there was like five or six new people i was like okay so first of all who employed you and like, right. how much have you been paid when you're further apart you actually become more efficient. Mm -hmm. Like literally it's like, this is the call, this is what we need to achieve. You're waking up at 4 a.m., you're cranky, you need coffee, you've still got your day ahead. The people in Papua are going to bed in five minutes. So you you actually discuss what you need to address and discuss and then that's it, there's no fluff, there's no, there's no fanning around with anything. Her words were like, thank you so much for making Papua extremely oh, proud. Wow. And for people to, and for her to be able to showcase her culture. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded. Dan, what? Dan, where have you been? I, I, you I, left me. I did. I did leave you. I went to go and play you around in the jungle even for a while. Ask. Well, I mean, I told you where I was going. No, you didn't tell me you were going for that long. It feels like a year. I was gone for a little while. Yeah, that's for sure. So where? I went did to, they, to the to jungles. It literally was the jungle. It, it really was the jungle. It was one of my friends that I was working with, like referenced it to Jumanji because it literally was like Jumanji. Just without the crazy, wild, massive animals that can kill you. But I don't there's know. Other, there's other Debatable, things that could kill right? you. There were yeah. other animals. I mean, I didn't actually see many animals, to be honest. All right. Like, in, in, apart from rats, there's a few rats. Okay. So, you get a phone call. Because, like, you know, no, but let, let's, let's, fill in, let's fill our viewers into what we're talking about. Yeah. Besides the fact that you left me. I did leave you. I'm sorry. You're never going to get over that, are you? No, I'm not. Are you really I'm, emotionally scarred by that? I am emotionally scarred. You left me and I screwed my life up. Oh, you need to fix me up. We need to talk about that, actually. We do. We do. That, that's, that's, a, that's a different story. That's a different podcast, not this one. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> so, you get a phone call. I did, yeah. Back in... Like July, actually. Was it Where July? Was I? Was it sitting right here at your desk? No, I don't think I was. It was a Friday afternoon. I was at home. I knew a phone call was coming, of course. And then a friend of mine called me up and was like, hey, do you want to go and jump on a project and go and do something really cool? I was like, yeah, why not? Okay, sounds really interesting. It's like, oh, yeah, it's in like Indonesia. Oh, by the way, there's a pandemic. The country shut down. You can't get there right now. We don't know if you'll ever get a visa and you might have to produce the event on Zoom. Excuse me? What? And you went, Sure. All right, then. <laughs> Nothing else to just, do, Just apparently. another day? Yeah. Just another day. All right. Literally. So, uh, pack up your bags? Or No, 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 no you like, didn't, no, did you? Pack, no, you like, started I, it here. Yeah, I packed my bags, and my bags were sat waiting at my door for well, they went weeks. to Well, they went to the airport and back a few times. They did, actually. There's a story <laughs> about that, actually. But no, no, my bags were packed for seven weeks, and they were just literally outside my door. And it was like, hey, you might be leaving tomorrow. You might be leaving. We might be leaving. Your visa's not come through. No, we can't get you in. And that happened for seven weeks. But the show had to go on. So you started the show here. Did go on. Yeah, yeah, we did. Hold lots on. Of are we, are we allowed to say what, what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so, was it? So I, I, was can't working, say. I, was, I was working on the Pond Games. So I was supporting the, a, a team of amazing Indonesians. So Pond Games in. In Indonesia. So it's, 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 it's Pond. I, I, I can't pronounce it. So I don't even try to get me I'm going to know, but you know it's my favorite. I know you go do, on, but say it's, it, not, say it's, it's say not possible. But I was. So it stands for something, something national. It's, it's, oh. it's, 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 a, it's a national sports week for, for Indonesia. Okay. And it's 34 different provinces of Indonesia that all come together once every four years. And right. There's a really good story behind it, um, which I'll tell you about in a second. And yeah, they do a big sporting event and it's an opening and closing ceremony. 
and it's like their version of the Olympics. So history, going back 47, 47 years ago, 50 years ago, when Indonesia was not Indonesia. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an actual country or so to speak yep. by then. I think it was colonized by the Dutch. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I probably got that wrong, I'm probably offending everybody now with history. Disclaimer there. There yep. you go. I think it was the Dutch. Um, they were going through formation, but because they were not, because they were independent islands that were not officially a country, they were excluded from the Olympic Games. So they, they decided, you know what, like, screw you, screw you I'm going to do my own. So they literally created their own. It was like the, their own mini Olympics for, for Indonesia. So how and long it's has been it been going? going? On, oh, it's been going on since, like, since the country was formed and... I think the country is coming up to 50 years old, I believe. So it's like 47, 48, 49, 50 years old. Yeah. All right. Just on a side note. So their own games. Yeah. Do they have any really weird local kind of sport? Yeah. Not not weird local sport, but one of them was chess. No way. Like that was one. Of, that was one of the games. So it's, 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 it's different sports that are not necessarily Olympic sports. Okay. It has like athletics and swimming and javelin and whatever. Um, but they had things like paragliding. Um, in Indonesia, they've got like lots of like martial arts that were, were yeah. part of it. I'll be completely honest. I did not see one day of sport. Well, not you one. I was don't really get to. Completely not involved in that. But yes, we did that, which was really cool. Um, but going back to well, what we were talking about previously, but, go on. Well, back to uh, okay. So you get a call in July. Yeah. You're supposed to head straight out. Essentially, but that yeah. doesn't happen. No, 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 because apparently there was a pandemic. Was there? Yeah, well, Indonesia shut down completely. So there was nothing we could do. So yeah, we weren't even allowed to go. But the game date never changed. Never changed. And the funny thing is, we were like, you know, of course, us skeptical people were very much like, this is never going to happen. Whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. You no, I remember, we'd show? have a giggle about it. You're yeah, like, yeah, supposedly. I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, you know, people continuously working, things were still happening. Um, and it was a case of, yeah, you're going to go, you're going to go, you're going to go. And it was, it literally became a joke at one point when every- oh, I remember I'd come into the office and I'm, and you were supposed to be gone and you're sitting in the corner on, yeah. on like Zoom calls. <laughs> Uh, organizing a game on the other side of the world. And those Zoom calls were brutal because Papua from here is five hours ahead. And then we were also dealing with like, I think the furthest west was Vancouver, LA. Oh, wow. So we were dealing with like multiple time zones where like it'd be 4 a.m. in Vancouver and like midnight in Papua. Like it was mental. It really so the was, team everything was between. literally from around the globe. Well, I mean, the team was scattered all over the place. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the the, the big team was from Indonesia. It was, it was their, their games, their people, but there was a few consultants that were working all over the place, like helping it together with their support, not with their support, under, actually under their leadership. Right. Before going into the detail of this, because I'm yeah. quite curious, yeah. and I don't know if I'll get in trouble for saying this, but you literally, you guys delivered a first world event. In, in a, a developing nation. In a de- thank you. The, in a yeah. developing nation. So I'm really curious to hear yeah. <laughs> all the innovative ideas you well, had there. Well, first of all, like Indonesia's got like this massive, massive ambition, which is pretty incredible. Like they did the Asian Games in 2018, which I was very fortunate mm-hmm. to be part of, which helped be part of what we just did in, in Papua. Um, but then also as well, like they, they're, they're potentially bidding for the Olympics in the future. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were looking to bid for 2000. Hang on, let me get this right. They were supposed to bid for 2032, but I think that's gone to Brisbane. So I think now the discussion is to look at. Wow, a bid we've already for awarded that far yeah, ahead. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Like they're looking at how they can kind of like plan further out. Yeah. Obviously, it's so expensive. But I think Indonesia's looking to bid for the 2036 Olympics. Wow. If I get that right, because um, they look at sporting events as a, an opportunity, like most countries do. You know, yeah. it's soft power. Oh, look it at Expo. Economy, look at everything else that's economy. happening. Like these are huge economic drivers. So they do that, and then also as well, I read yesterday that they're they're being awarded 
the World Beach Championships or the Beach Games. So there's loads of sporting events anyway in Indonesia, which are happening. Um, Not bad. So yeah, and it's a, it's a massively developing nation, which is quite interesting because essentially, God, here we go again, geography now, not history. Apparently 17,000 inhabit no, 17,000 habited islands that make up Indonesia. Are you serious? Yeah, 100%. Like it's a, it's a massive- I had no clue. It's a massive archipelago, there we go, that has five huge islands, but then there's multiple islands and territories around the country, I think. Wow. You know, some, some geographical expert will probably dispute that claim, but yeah, there's a lot. There's Disclaimer. A, yeah, but so, and all the islands are really different. So you, you've got things like Jakarta and Java, mm-hmm. which is a massive, you know, massive city. It's, uh, I don't know how many, I'm trying to fact say, so I'm gonna fact check all of this, but we're talking tens of millions of people live in that place. Wow. And then you've probably got islands that have like 10 people. You know, it's, it's, it's completely so, different. So for the games, did people travel from all these islands to Papua? Yeah, 34 provinces. So all of 30, Yeah, so, so Indonesia is made up of 34 different provinces and it was all the different provinces that came together to, to participate in this game wow. in Papua, which is the, I have to do it, the easternmost point of Indonesia. Wow. Our closest city was Darwin. Oh, my, your people. My, my people. True story. Because when there was, when there was obviously, you were closer to my mum than I was. Yeah, probably. There was literally, there was literally conversations about, okay, well, what happens if people get COVID or people get sick or there's something, you know, where do we evacuate people? Not evacuate. That's the wrong word. Where do people get transported well, to? to where to where get they get home, looked after? Whatever. Yeah. And it was like, oh, Darwin is the closest city. However, your people, we're not letting anyone in. No so. one. Well, I can't even get in. Yeah. yeah. So Hopefully Christmas though. So. So yeah, we we literally were producing everything on Zoom, literally. But well, here's the thing: take me back, July. You get the call. Yeah. Seven weeks later, you go to sign. How much? I can't even, was it seven weeks? It was a long you time. Said seven weeks. Like we got there three weeks before the show. The show was on the second. Which normally is not the case. You normally would head out much sooner, right? It's, it's later than that. We we for a, it's probably about ten weeks, eleven weeks. We were here working, and then we went for there for three weeks. Okay. But a show like that should have took a year on site. Exactly. To build, plan, deliver. This is, for people that can't see my face right now, it's just a blank <laughs> like face with an open what? mouth. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's what the silence was. Yeah, and then there's the added bit where mm, you sort of run a business. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, yeah. So, but how? So that, to, to deliver, you know, what was your role with the games? So I was creative producer. Okay. Yeah. Creative pursu- producer. It's a big role. In it, well, even on a, a job that takes a year is yeah. a full-time job, let yeah. alone one that's condensed into weeks. Yeah. So that's like more than a full-time job. Yeah. You got that. Yeah. Then you've got Dan Bolton, the agency. Yeah. Uh, and you've also got B. Yeah. How and a podcast apparently. And a podcast apparently, <laughs> which is the first thing you know. You, yeah, you we left do me. that as well. So yeah, how do you innovatively manage that? How did you do that? Because the business kept going <laughs> and it, it, it went well yeah, and it flourished. Yeah, of course, it was Yeah, it's moving. And because like, wow, when I walked in here today, I'm like, where did all these people come from? <laughs> it was it literally so funny. It was like I walked in the other day and there was like five or six new people. I was like, okay, so first of all, who employed you and like, right. how much have you been paid? Yeah, like, I never signed up on this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? But no, no. Uh, so how do we do it? Or like, it's not such a, such a cliche. It's, it's not innovative, or is it maybe? But, you know, we, we talk to guests and some of our guests, you know, some of our employees are going to be on the podcast in the future. Um, and it's just about empowering people, like letting people, you know, we, 
we hire in the nice possible way a bunch of misfits mm-hmm. but we like that because you know everyone's very different in terms of who they are and their personality and culture but also like allowing people to 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 be part of something and to grow and to make mistakes and to learn and to be challenged and you know it's actually probably a good thing for me to step back yeah but because you know what i'm like i know but that's the thing though like saying that it's good to empower other people to do the work and you know got to step that comes back with a caveat by the way <laughs> well the- <laughs> you know me like i'm like i'm still a control freak well that's the thing so that's why i'm so curious to be to be able to go and do something like that full time and you were gone for how many weeks well, I was gone for seven, seven eight weeks. Seven, seven eight weeks. weeks is a long time to leave your business to run itself. Yeah. Well, it, it didn't run itself. Like, it was run by people. But, you know, like, I think, oh, man, I, I never want to talk about COVID ever, ever again. But actually, I know, but it does happen. But it, it has left a lasting impression. I think, I think all of us have become so used to working remotely mm. and from different places and just being completely accessible and utilizing technology. So, for example, like... In terms of going back to your question about running the business, like you know, we had a great team of people running the business, but you could run it from anywhere right now. Mm. Like literally, that's how how I think things are moving and things are evolving. I think yes, you have to be physically present, of course, and you need to have the team and the office and people. But you know, more and more people are getting used to the fact that you're working different time zones. You're at the end of Zoom, as long as you've got access to internet, which is another challenging problem mm. in Papua because there was none. Um, Did they fly it in? Oh, we had to buy <laughs> we had to buy dongles and stuff, and yeah, anyway um but yeah that was the communication was a challenge but yeah i think i think i think we've started to adapt to working in a completely different environment now i think the the covid situation made us all do that like because we were forced to be separated segregated working in different places so i think it's just a continuation of that really what sort of covid actually did you a favor in some ways and that it helped you step back in a a weird way but then also then going to the production of this show like we spent like eight nine ten weeks whatever producing a show remotely on zoom across multiple different time zones different languages different people and i don't think i mean we wouldn't have necessarily had to do it if covid didn't exist because Mm. places wouldn't be in lockdown but because it has happened and we're now used to that type of working environment and culture i guess Mm then it was quite easier but what made it what made it possible like if we you know before whenever it comes to events we're like everyone's got to be in the same place it's not possible if we're not in the same place you've got to go see what the supplier is doing this that and the other so how was it different because we've been forced to think differently we've been forced to do things differently you know, it's it's not the it's not the case. Give oh, me an example. No, but like going back to before, it's like, oh, we'd all have to, you know, you plan any event. It was always a case of right, let's all get around the table and mm. we all have to sit there and there's a presentation and someone's going to speak and whatever. But now I think because I don't know, maybe you're sounding a bit old, but technology has made everything so much more accessible and so much easier to communicate from long distances. Um, it was it, it was just it was easy to do that, and also so I think when you're in when you're further apart, you actually become more efficient. Mm-hmm. Like literally it's like, this is the call. This is what we need to achieve. You're waking up at 4 a.m. You're cranky. You need coffee. You've still got your day ahead. The people in Papua are going to bed in five minutes. So you you actually discuss what you need to address and discuss. And then that's it. There's no fluff. There's no there's no fanning around with anything. Oh God, I think my team was more uh, efficient working from home when they're in the office. Yeah, I mean, there's, cave- there's caveats. Yeah, caveats, always caveats. You have to trust people to be able mm. to do the work. But I think majority, I think people get it. Um, but yeah, then... We, we just we just but how do you manage the suppliers remotely it, I mean, it was 
but saying that though, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of our team that were actually based from Indonesia. Okay. Um, so they could go and you know they, they they flew to Papua and they were literally you know working with the suppliers and the people and stuff like that. But also as well, we've had relationships, especially from my team, creative, with the choreographers, the costume designers, those people. Um, and again, you know, we just spent hours and hours just going through stuff um, remotely. Even like rehearsals, like we they'd film all rehearsals and then mm -hmm. send them to us. Like WhatsApp was a rehearsal. Like, wow. Or at some points, like they were live streaming the rehearsals so that we could watch them from like Dubai. Yeah. Like so, it just it just became. It's just a different way of doing it. Well, but, and like like yeah. you said, you had to think differently. You had to be, you know, solutions. There was yeah. constantly solutions. I mean, it, it came with problems, of course. Of course. But, it's but just... then it's always face-to-face -face anyway. Yeah. But it was, yeah, so yeah, it was just really interesting. Did you enjoy it more this way? Uh, I'd like said I did. Like, I, I, I like the face-to-face, the, -face, the, mm. the being involved. And mm. The camaraderie. <laughs> yeah, control. The control, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just like feeling like you, you're, you're, you're in control. And I think... I think all of us actually now, and even like with the team we're building, it's like you have to let go of control. Like you have to allow people to. But it's like you said, trust. Trust. It's trust. But was was the team that came together a team? Did many of you already work together yeah, in the yeah, past? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, many it, people, it was many, easier to have that trust. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Many people have worked together in the past, and we've done projects around the world. All the Asian Games in Jakarta for most mm. of us. So we all knew each other. We okay, that together. helps. Yeah, for Do sure. Do you think if you didn't? it would have been as, as successful as it was? No, not at all. Okay. Yeah, because it was really interesting. This is like, you know, something which I think I'm, I'm especially proud of. You know, when we worked on the Asian Games back in 2018, you know, there were systems and processes that companies put in place. And there's always that friction between the, 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 the local mm -hmm. companies or the people based in a particular region or territory and then an international supplier company or whatever. And there's always that friction because it's like... Why are you telling me what to do? How do you do it? You know, and there's always like, you should be doing it the way we do it. I think, you know, going back to the Asian game, sometimes there was that friction, mm. you know, because it's such a massive event, but we had like, we were on the ground for nine months. Yeah. So we had the ability to flesh all of that. I think with this one, because there was such a very short period of time to make it happen, lots of that stuff just got thrown out just the window. Just disappeared. Like it literally ripped up the rule book, but it was good because you know the people we'd worked with previously and had built great relationships with understood what we needed understood who we were we understood them so we kind of created our own system and a new rules and um it was pretty cool yeah it was good all right and then you got to site i got to site yeah. well hold on <laughs> when, when exactly did you get the phone call to say did you get did you get any notice to get to the airport yeah, I, what did I, do? I was in I the office. It was like 24 hours. Wasn't yeah, I was, in, I was in the office and it was like, oh, okay, your visa's been approved. And I was the first person. I was a guinea pig. <laughs> so literally, I was like, and deliberately, I was like, I need to get there. Like, I want to be the person to try and get there, whatever. And I got a phone call and was like, hi, okay, so you booked on a fly. I can't remember. I think it was like a Wednesday. And I was in the office and then, like, you're on the 4 a.m. flight from Dubai to Jakarta. So that means it's like, okay, so stuff's packed. Literally said my goodbyes in the office. I was like, peace out, people. Bye. See you on the other side. <laughs> done burn the building like, down. I'm done. Like, yeah, just, you know, just. Can someone please pay the bills and yep. you know just you know make so sure the got, lights are still just on. make sure we've got a few clients when we come yep. back um so we did all of that peace out see you all later at the same time is when expo blew up with all the work that you guys are yeah true and but that was a that was a deliberate choice okay because we don't want to be seen as a one-trip owner like yeah. you know expo is great and expo is amazing for for stuff that's happening and we've been part of all of that you yeah, know but, but all the people but, but like the, the what i'm saying is the yeah. amount of work you walked out 
Oh yeah, well, it's like the busiest time of, at the busiest time ever, of the year. Ever. And everyone thought I was batshit crazy. Um, so yeah, so we did that, and then such 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 innovative. So, innovative. <laughs> so this is this is typical bouge. So I literally packed my bags, and we knew that there was going to be a bit of a challenge at the airport because I had like a mountain of documentation to get me on the flight, and um, because we had to get special permissions to get okay. into Indonesia because it wasn't open for yeah. any travel at yeah. all for, for internationals, and there was quarantine that I had to do. I did eight days quarantine when we landed. Um, so anyway, there's protocols. Anyway, went through all of that. So printing all my documents. Like the good boy is like going to get to the airport four hours early, so I can check it. I can go and get hammered in the lounge. That that was the plan. It was like definitely going to use that business class. You Absolutely know, upgrade the the sky was miles, whatever for lounge access. And then um, got to the airport and I couldn't even check in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You couldn't check in. No, no, I was still there. I was literally sat there for three and a half hours. Why was the what was the reason? So, so apparently because we had special permission, nobody recognized that special permission. So the airline wouldn't let us on the, on the plane. So literally, like, I was, like, kicking off with a guy at the check-in, politely kicking off. But I was like, dude, like, I, I, a, I literally a, 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 a have... A forged special permission. No, no, it's like, I literally have a letter from the government, which is give the immigration saying, like, we're allowed in. And it was a very much a computer says no situation where immigration was like, okay, we can't check you in the system because it physically prohibits you from being checked in. And... Nobody's answering the telephone in Indonesia, in Jakarta. I'm not surprised it was like 4 a.m. their time, you know, like whatever, well, three, no, four, five, six, seven a.m. So they're like, no one's answering Who, the phone. Who'd you bribe to get on that flight? No, no, the second time. <laughs> so <laughs> the first time I got rejected. Completely. Yeah, Go back yeah. home. I, I called Dinesh and I was like, Dinesh, um, so um, can you please pick me up outside the, the drop-off <laughs> point because I can't get on that flight. What? So I came back and then two days later I was on a flight. Okay. And, and eventually got, got on. It took me four hours to check in. Jeez. Like they had to validate everything. It was, it was, it was and then the crazy. quarantine, working from quarantine. Yeah. How was the connectivity there? Uh, it was all right actually, but the meal boxes were horrific. Mm. <laughs> Literally, it was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really say that, but anyway. Um, but no, I mean like quarantine. I never want to do it ever again. Let's just put it that way. It wasn't a very nice experience. No. But it was actually all right because it, it gave us the the. There was nothing else to do. Well, you, you probably got I more. Mean, you, got to, you got some time to sleep for a change. Yeah, I mean, between RuPaul's Drag Race and actually working, yeah. like, that was all I did. Wow. Yeah. Even Squid Games wasn't out by then. Really? So, yeah, no, that was after. Um, so, so yeah, so, so that's what we did. Yeah. Right, and, and then, then you got out and uh, when you were uh, heading to site and got out of jail, uh, got a site. Were you nervous about what you'd find and what's going on? Because, you know, everything had been done so remotely. Not nervous is like there's an amazing team of people. Yeah. It wasn't nervous. Was, I was actually excited. Yeah. I was like, finally, oh my God, like, you know, we're event professionals. Mm. Like, we like to be on the no, ground. No, they're like, we're pig in mud. Like, when everyone kept telling me, it's like, oh, you might not actually go. You might just do this on Zoom. I was like, what? Like, I was like, like, no. No, 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 no. It's like, we need to see this through. So eventually, I got to sign. It was incredible. Like, the, the team of people we were working with, which are the most amazing professionals, did an incredible job and put stuff together. What did you deliver? What did we deliver? I know you delivered the game, but what? Like, how big was it? Like, well, how many people were okay, you dealing so the with? The opening ceremony was a cast of a thousand people. Okay. And it was eight creative segments and three protocol segments. Wow. So it was, it was, it was a two and a half hour show. Two and a half hour two show. Two and a half hour show. Okay. And then at the last minute, they threw in an athlete's parade, which completely messed up the planning because everyone was like, hey, you know, COVID, we're going to have an athlete. It's going to be different. But I was like, hey, by the way, actually, yeah, now you need to see a thousand athletes. Well, 700. Um, so stuff like that. But it was, it was essentially... It was a, a mini Olympics, but it was an Olympics ice show. Yeah. It wasn't a small show. Wow. And it was a, you know, it was a big production. There's a lot to do, lots to rehearse. What was your favorite part? Oh, 
That's a really good question. I ask good questions. You do actually. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna. It's, a, it's such a lame answer, but all of it. All of it. And you know the reason why is because, despite all of the rehearsals, everything that happened, we restaged everything in three days before the show. What? <laughs> like everything changed. <laughs> like it was one of those gigs where it's like, okay, so we're gonna do this. We're gonna, so gonna turn like, it around by 180 it, degrees. It literally, was like the gig was like, hey, so we're gonna do this, and then five minutes later, it's like, well, actually, so there's been a discussion, and now we're gonna do this, and it happened consistently throughout the show. And yeah, but incredible. we work in the UAE. We're not. We're used to. See, we're, you know, so we do things last minute. We're we're used to that pressure. So this is it, and I think so there's a few of us from the UAE that kind we're of like, jumped yep, on that mm-hmm. one, and we it was very much like, oh, this is normal. Yeah. And then other people spin out into a different dimension, but we were very much of like, okay, fine. I mean, it gets frustrating after a while, but yeah. But we know how to deal but, with it. But it was, it was beautiful. And going back to why I enjoyed it because it was it. We, we've talked about this about in many of our episodes authenticity mm-hmm. it was purely authentic like it wasn't crazy with tech it wasn't crazy with you know special effects or whatever it literally was about culture people tribes individuals community storytelling storytelling history like it was it was phenomenal and also for someone that doesn't really know much about Papua, like having, you know, the, the five territories or the different tribes of the island, which are so different, mm. so different, was incredible. Wow. You know, like, and it's, it's, it's very, I don't want to say primitive, that's not the, probably the wrong word to use, but it's so underdeveloped. It's so remote, it's so far, it's so distant. And the one thing which really struck me is actually how, how the synergy is much more with like Australia, for example, like with the Aboriginals and the people of the land, and it has that mm. wholesome kind of grounding to everything. It was incredible. And that's, that for me was the best bit, to be able to see and to learn and to experience all of this without gizmos, without massive tech. You know, like we had projection, we had lights, we had content, we had music, there was some special effects. But, but really, there wasn't a need to hide behind it. There wasn't a need to hide behind it. Mm. And it really was about, it was about the costume, the craftsmanship, the choreography, but also the history of why that is, what that is. And about really, because I mean, I think you know, many people don't know about Papua. Like, it's just it's a very remote jungle location in the northern edge of Australia, in the you know the Far East, whatever. And um, it gave a great opportunity for 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 Papua to show its its heritage, its culture, its people, its tribes, its authenticity. And um, I remember at the end of the show, one of the team we were working with, who was amazing, she was like, "I go to." She did everything. She had proper wasta in Papua. <laughs> um, she literally kicked open the control room door and she was crying like sobbing sobbing uncontrollably and like i was a bit of an emotional wreck so i was like tired and like jaded by then and um her her words were like thank you so much for making papua extremely oh, proud wow. and for people to and for her to be able to showcase her culture <gasps> because their culture had never been really not, not never been showcased before but not captured but, with heart, so yeah. much heart and for and for her it was and going back to what you talked about in you know developing national space you have to remember, like Papua, everything had to get flown in. Like they, they don't have infrastructure. Well, that's what I was going to say. That, that's, that's that's the next thing I want to know. First world event. Yeah. In a developing country. Yeah. In the middle of a jungle. In the middle of a jungle. Yeah. That reminded you of Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so. how, how do we deliver an event in that realm? So first of all, it was all, it was all like local craftsmen to be honest, like especially from like a costume perspective and a prop perspective and steenic pieces that we needed. Um, everything but they we, wouldn't ev- have the, the infrastructure no, to be able to make all that stuff. No, but they do. Like there's people literally 
on the floor building stuff with her hands, like wow. with bamboo and leaves. No scarf. Banana leaves, no scarf, stuff. I mean, of course, there was elements like, you know, they had to ship in from Jakarta. And I think there was so much stuff that, you know, the, the, the big heavy stuff that had to be brought in. But it was almost like going back to basics. Well, I was going to say, it's old school innovation. It was really old school innovation. It was, it was literally going back to what you just said. You couldn't hide behind any of the... You know, like we Bells do and here. Whistles. Bells and whistles. You know, here it's like you throw a, a shit ton of money at something. Let's buy the the most expensive content, whatever production stuff kit, and you know that's the shininess. But there wasn't any of that with this. It literally was like back to old school basics, and it was people making stuff with their hands. Well, literally making what, stuff what, with their hands. What was the uh, what was the most curious thing that you saw that you you know? in way of manufacturing any things or in way of building things or anything, that um, sort of thing, where you sort of stood there and went, oh, I haven't seen that before. It's, it's not that you haven't seen that before, but we just probably wouldn't be allowed to see that where we're from. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, oh, I don't want to say like health and safety best practices because everyone looks after each other. But, you know, just again, like, you know, there wasn't all of that kind of technological infrastructure or equipment and plant that you would normally have. So people are literally carrying things, like literally carrying things, building stuff with their hands, making stuff, putting things So down. no forklifts, usual-ish. There wasn't even a crane to lift things in. Like literally stuff was carried by hand or on the back of a truck. So sort of I've like how the hell did they do the pyramids kind of style? True story. It's like, <laughs> I've got this amazing picture actually. And it's when I was here, somebody was like, oh, your, your rehearsal props have been delivered. And I was like on the back of a truck. <laughs> they were in the back of a car, literally. Like we had thousands of props. And what they'd done, which was the most amazing picture, is they'd a big piece of rope and on the outside of the vehicle in any space available was all of the props hanging and they hanging and they put rope around it to stop them all falling off so it was almost like a noddy car like a, a toy car that was going oh down the gosh. street and everything was just piled on top of it and it was stuff like that which was like oh my god this place is crazy there was days when i was like this is batshit like batshit but it works and people made it work everyone's like oh you can't do that you can't do that i was like whatever it was is it it is a place where people are resourceful, resilient, people survive, people are resilient, people do stuff, you know, and <laughs> you, you take away our I guess more we're quite lazy, aren't we really? We rely on technology, we well, rely we, on we, things, we, we rely on innovation, we, yeah. we rely on stuff in order for us to do something. But actually this went back to a back more to basics. Basic way of like just just make it happen. Like make shit happen. And people did. Wow. See, stuff like that is cool. Yeah. Wow. And there was like, there was like props teams, like they flew props teams in from like Bali and they were making the most amazing, intricate puppets, like a bird that was animated. It was the most amazing, beautiful prop I've ever seen. And I watched them sit there and carve it. Literally by weeks, hand. By hand. Literally pieces of bamboo. No CNC machines. No, no, no. There was, there was, they had pieces of bamboo. They had string to attach and ad ad adhere all of the bamboo. There's like no glue. They had a small heat heating instrument that helped them bend it. And they sat there with a knife and carved wow. each individual piece. It was incredible. And did all this in a tenth of the time. A tenth of the time. Yeah. A project like that should have took a year. It took like people on the ground for four weeks maximum. Mental. Well, you just flipped innovation on its head today, haven't you? Yeah. 
<laughs> I, think that, like, I, think that, I think that's a great place to end today's uh, podcast. Well, thanks for listening to me rant. Not oh, rant, ramble even. Not good. Rant. I've missed you. I miss you too. I won't listen to you rant next time. It's only because I missed you today. Indeed, indeed. No, that's that, that was just like, I've been dying to get you I back need, to find to out how pictures. it was. It, it literally I want to see the pictures. Jokes neat. aside, that was an awesome rant. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Like it was... Um, it was an interesting, challenging experience. And at the time, I was like, oh, my God, get me out of here sometimes because it was just yeah. like mind-boggling. But we have that difficult. with any event, you know? Yeah. But it but was this... a beautiful experience. Wow. And also, well, like, I feel like people should be proud of what they achieve. It like, just it sounds like there was so much it, heart. It, especially for like the, the local Indonesian, the Papuans in particular. Mm. It's the biggest event they've ever produced. The biggest wow. thing they've ever seen. And it was to an international standard. And, and you got to be a part of it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'm proud of you, my friend. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, on that yeah. note. I will see you on the next one. Until the next one. Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded.